Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. If you turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of Joshua, book of Joshua, we're going to read Joshua chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. While you're turning there, I just want to say what a great honor and privilege it's been for me and my family to be here with you all this week. Uh, we consider it a privilege to be used in any small measure in the work that God is doing here in this church and in this city. And it is evident to me that God has been at work here for quite some time. And I do believe that the Lord has something very special for tonight's service. I feel such an anticipation, such a great expectation in the house here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. Look at your neighbor and say, the church has authority. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them, and they shall come again to me. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you tonight. Get out of Shiloh. Get out of Shiloh. Would you pray with me one more time before you're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be gathered in your house one more time this week. God, I'm asking you that everything that you have arranged, planned, and destined for this night's service, Lord, that every distraction, every barrier, every obstacle of the flesh, uh, Lord, every a trap of the enemy Lord anything that would try to disrupt anything less than your perfect will from being accomplished in this service tonight we take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ uh, and we loose a spirit of liberty and faith uh, to be at work in this house here tonight uh, God I pray that you would elevate our faith to respond to your word in Jesus name Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're going to respond to the word of God tonight, in word and in deed, then you may be seated tonight. You need to know that you just entered into a contract when you sat down. And so if I see you sitting silent, I will remind you of the contract to which you just agreed. Hallelujah. In the state of Ohio, you have up to three days to cancel a contract. However, you are all citizens of heaven. So those rules don't apply. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Hallelujah. Uh, it was several years ago, 11 in fact, that uh, Bishop James Stark asked my wife and I to assume 
the role of youth pastors in Columbus, Ohio. And it was with great honor, and I, I admit some trepidation that we accepted that request. But we were very excited. Uh, we really didn't know what we were doing. We weren't, weren't really sure why in the world he selected us, but that he did. It must have been a made a, must have been a very small selection, but but we were there, and he picked us. And so we jumped in with both feet, made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, learned along the way, all that kind of thing. But God was good to us, and and the youth group began to grow, and great things began to happen. And I remember we moved into. Uh, the building where we currently are in the year of 2008. And when we moved in there, uh, the youth was given a space in the upstairs. It's called the youth mezzanine. And, and it was just kind of a blank space, just carpet and paint on the walls. Uh, when we moved in there, there wasn't a lot of budget left to really do much in that room. And so for the first few years of being there, uh, we just kind of met in this space and there was no real identity to this space. It was, you would have thought it was just a multi-purpose room. It wasn't branded in any way. We hadn't done anything to make it look like it was ours. And, and I remember after being there a few years, Bishop Stark sat down with us and he said, uh, Vinny, Jen, I want you and your team to get together and, and, and to, to make this room yours. I want it to, you know, be branded with the youth group name. I want you to make it, you know, a space where the students can gather and, and great things can happen. And so we pulled the team together and we came up with a design and, and, and we began the process. And I remember it took us a few months because we didn't have money for labor, but we did have money for material. Anybody kind of get a witness? Hello. And, uh, and so us and the team, we would meet there every evening after work and we, we began to paint the walls and build the things that we needed and build the platform and the altars and all that kind of good stuff. And it took us a couple months to get it done. But throughout that process, the church, the church knew and heard that we were going through this project and, and that things were happening upstairs. And it began to create a lot of momentum in the youth group. And it was a very exciting time. The students began to catch on, began to kind of light a fire inside of them. And, and, and I remember when we moved into that space, we had such great momentum. I mean, things were moving forward. Students were bringing kids from school. People, kids were getting the Holy Ghost. Kids were getting baptized. It was a very exciting time in the youth group. And I remember when we had finished that project and all these great things were happening, I, I was kind of relieved that the project was over. And so I kind of sat back and I, I began to watch the momentum and I'm like, man, this is exciting. This is so awesome. What I didn't know is I was making a huge mistake. Because I began to ride out that wave of momentum. And I, and I just thought, man, now that this project's done and things are happening, this is just going to last forever. These kids are, once they're on fire, they're on fire forever. Nothing could ever go wrong. We're going to own the world here shortly, you know. And uh, boy, was I wrong. It didn't take long. It was maybe just a few months later, and all of a sudden, they didn't notice that awesome paint color on the walls anymore. They didn't notice that that custom stuff we made and, and put up on the walls to make it our own. They didn't notice, uh, you know, all of the hard work and effort. It just became a space that we gathered in, and all of a sudden, that momentum, that excitement that came out of that project began to dwindle and began to fade, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, I really missed it. I really missed it. 
What I should have done was capitalize on the momentum that we had when momentum showed up. Because it takes a lot more energy to create momentum than it does to keep momentum. And so I, I began to pray and seek the Lord. And, and, and I told God, I said, God, if you'll give us that momentum again, if you'll show me how to get that back, I won't make the same mistake twice. And, and, and I remember it, it was early in the year and, and I began to fast and I began to pray. And I, I was up in the youth mezzanine by myself one day seeking the Lord. And he said to me, 60 for 60. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, how many chairs can you get in this room? And so I, I brought the chairs in there and I began to line them up and I, and I set out as many as I thought that we could get in that room. And, and then I counted the chairs and there were exactly 60 chairs in the room. And the Lord said, now I want you to give me 60 days of sacrifice. And so I called the students together and I said, students, I believe that before this year is over, that God wants to give us a youth group of 60 young people. We were running probably about 30 or 35 at that time. And I said, for the next 60 days, we're going to sign our name to this piece of paper. And as a youth group, we're going to fast all secular media for the next 60 days. Well, you could hear a pin drop in here right now. The oxygen left the room. That's, that's what happened that night, too. But they got on board, thank the Lord, and they signed their names up, and we put those pledge cards on the wall. And for 60 days, we began to, pl- uh, we began to fast social media. And I know that we were keeping the fast because we almost missed NAYC registration. I know because Pastor Jimmy came in and said, you know, registration, they're almost out of tickets. And I said, I didn't even know it had started. Let me get on there and, and get that done. So anyway, we get done with 60 for 60 and the, and the fast was over and it was our first service and, and, and nothing had really happened yet. But a couple weeks later, a few more students showed up and then a few more students showed up. And I remember we were into the fall and we had had several kids get the Holy Ghost, but we weren't, we weren't where we wanted to be yet. And then December came around, Pastor Ellis. And I was like, dear God, I'm going to be called a false prophet. <laughs> and I began to seek God and I said, God, listen, and I said, these young people put the sacrifice that you required. We pledged ourselves. We did everything that we felt to do, and yet we haven't achieved what we felt we were meant to achieve in this revival. And I'll never forget, it was the last Wednesday of the year in December when you don't get a whole lot of people other than the Christmas service. But on the very last Wednesday of December, we had exactly 60 students show up to that youth service. Shiloh, this is where the congregation came together in our text. The root word of the word Shiloh is shalah, which means tranquil, secure, or successful, to be happy and prosper in safety. See, Shiloh represents where the people of God and the church come together, 
where we are edified, where we are blessed, where we are strengthened. But if we are not careful, Shiloh can become a place of stagnation. See, Shiloh is where the children of Israel came together to recharge and to strategize. But Shiloh was never meant to be their final destination. Come on, y'all going to have to get with me tonight. I'm trying to save my voice to the end. Uh, but when I preach truth and I tell you something out of the word of God, I want you to get on board and say amen. That's right. Just because I'm not shouting yet doesn't mean you shouldn't be shouting yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let me find my place again. Shiloh was not the end all be all. And the we have arrived destiny of the children of God. See, their inheritance, their promise was in their willingness to operate in and possess the promises of God. That's the mistake that we made. We felt like after the remodel, when the momentum showed up, uh, that all of a sudden we made it. Uh, and we just sat back and got comfortable with what was going on. Uh, but what we should have done uh, is possess the momentum when it showed up. Uh, what we ought to have did, uh, and that ain't right English, but what we ought to have did uh, is possess the revival uh, when it showed up. Uh, we ought to recognize that the timing of the Lord uh, had happened uh, and what he was waiting on us to do uh, was possess the promise uh, when it showed up. I've come here tonight to tell you that God has given this church an inheritance uh, and it is outside the walls of this building. Uh, some of you thought that revival was just found uh, inside, uh, but revival uh, is in your inheritance uh, and your inheritance uh, is in this city uh, and revival belongs to you. Joshua sent out men to describe the inheritance of each tribe. Describe literally means to survey. And so they sent out these men to survey their inheritance, to examine and record the area and features of that area so as to construct a map a plan and a description of what their inheritance was going to look like. Do you understand what I just said to you? God said, listen, I'm not going to put a cap on the size of your inheritance. I'm going to let you draw the boundaries of your inheritance. I'm going to let you decide how big your faith is. I'm going to let you decide how big your revival is. I'm going to let you decide what kind of church you're going to be. I'm going to let you decide what kind of an impact you're going to make on your community. I'm going to let you decide. Are we going to be satisfied with people getting the Holy Ghost every once in a while? 
or do we want the waters of baptism uh, to be troubled every single week? Uh, are we going to be satisfied uh, with a miracle every now and then? Uh, or are we going to expect uh, signs and wonders uh, to follow us uh, week in and week out? Uh, I'm going to let you decide tonight, uh, Calvary Church. Uh, you are the surveyors uh, of the revival uh, that God has promised to you. Uh, he's waiting for somebody uh, to rise up uh, and say, Pastor Ellis, uh, I'm going to camp out uh, on the north side of the city. Uh, Pastor Ellis, uh, I'm going to go down to the south side uh, of the city. Uh, Pastor Ellis, uh, I'm going to go out to the east side uh, of the city. Uh, I'll take the west corner uh, of the city uh, and we will draw uh, the boundaries uh, of our inheritance uh, in this city. These boundaries are very important. Because if you look in the Word of God, you'll understand that the spirit world is set up in principalities. That means there are boundaries in the spirit world. There are jurisdictions, just like the police force. Once they get outside of their jurisdiction, they can't operate there. They don't have any authority there. (laughs) You ain't hearing me. God said, listen, you decide how much authority you want to have in your city. I'm going to give you the pen. I'm going to give you the paper. I'm going to give you the measuring stick. And I want you to go out and decide. Oh, adversary, you don't have authority here. And you don't have authority here. And you don't have authority here. And you don't have authority here. Because on this side of the city. The blood of Jesus has authority. And on this side of the city the blood of Jesus has authority. Oh! I wonder tonight are there some surveyors in the house that would stand to their feet and boldly proclaim that the adversary is no longer going to have jurisdiction in my community the adversary will no longer have access to the borders of my inheritance Oh, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. He That's it. You are establishing spiritual authority in this hour. You need to understand something. When you begin to establish spiritual authority, there's nothing. There is nothing that the enemy can do because you can show up on the scene and say, adversary, what are you doing in my inheritance? You're outside the borders of your jurisdiction, and I command you to leave. 
Some of you need to go home tonight and reestablish jurisdiction in your household. You need to hear me right now. Some of you have opened up the door uh, and given ad- access uh, to the adversary uh, to come into your home, uh, to speak to your children. Uh, some of you uh, can't understand uh, why you wrestle with depression uh, Monday through Saturday uh, and you only feel uh, a little bit of alleviation uh, when you're in the house of God on Sunday. Uh, it's because the enemy uh, doesn't know uh, what his boundaries are. Uh, He's got free access uh, to your life. Uh, it's time for some of you uh, to let the adversary know. Uh, my Oh, shut the uh, At the Roshandaya. Uh, what the borders uh, of your inheritance are. Some of you might think I'm a little bit out there. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Every couple months uh, during my morning prayer, uh, I walk outside of my front door uh, and I walk the perimeter uh, of my yard uh, and I tell the adversary, uh, you're not allowed uh, to cross uh, this property line. Uh, Depression, uh, anxiety, uh, infirmity, uh, sickness, uh, disease, uh, devourer. Uh, You're not allowed uh, to cross this boundary. Hallelujah. You may be seen. Ah, The Lord's begin to birth inside of some of you a vision of what your inheritance is going to look like in the next few years. Some of you have begun to see it in prayer. You begin to see the revival huh, of the prodigal walking through that door. Let me tell you something right now. You got a member of your congregation huh, that isn't in this building here today. Huh? But I went to see Sister Mary Miller this afternoon. Huh? And do you know what she said to me? Huh? She hasn't been in one service huh, in this revival. Huh? But sitting in that foyer with her today, huh, she looked at me huh, and she said, Brother Vinny, huh, there is a revival huh, of prodigals huh, that belongs huh, to the Calvary Church. Huh? That's the revival huh, that that we've been waiting on for a long time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord's given you some, some of you a vision of what your inheritance is going to look like. It's time for some of you to begin describing, surveying, and drawing the borders of your inheritance. P7 groups in every high school. Campus ministries uh, in every college. <laughs> Home Bible studies uh, at every kitchen table. Uh, miracles uh, in every single service. Uh, baptisms uh, every
every single week. And I'm not just talking about on Sunday morning. I'm talking about when you show up on Tuesday afternoon because somebody got the Holy Ghost at your kitchen table. You say, Pastor, I just need to stop by and baptize somebody. People being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost during worship service, during offering, before the altar call is even made. The Holy Ghost begins to fall in every service. It's not impossible. It's your inheritance. Instead of drawing boundaries on God, start drawing boundaries on the borders of your inheritance. Stop putting God in a box and thinking it can only happen this way. God specializes in the impossible. He works in ways we don't understand. We ought to let God loose in our church to have his way. Listen, saints, it's happening, and it can happen here. I'm not talking about addition. I'm talking multiplication. Listen, you can win one young person this year if you want to, but you could also win a youth group if you want to. I I know what that response is. That response is, we believe, we believe it kind of. Okay, I, I know that response. I've been preaching long enough to understand what the response of a congregation is. Do you understand that there are entire denominations right now being won over to the name of Jesus baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost? God's just waiting for you to open up the borders of your inheritance, open up the borders of your faith. It can happen. It can happen. We decided we were going to draw the boundaries for our youth group, and we drew them at 60. But looking back, looking back, I wish I would have known what I know now. If all looking back, I would have said, God, by the end of the year, we want to knock out the walls and add a hundred more chairs. By the end of the year, Lord, I want to have two youth groups, a junior high and a senior high, because we got so many kids. We've got to get to the place 
where we get victory over that consumer mentality in the church where it's just for me. It's pastor's job to dig me out every single week. It's pastor's job to pull me from the pit week in and week out. I wonder if the angel that loose Paul and Silas would have shown up twice if they would have walked back into their cell. I wonder if when those bands were loose and they had the opportunity to step into liberty, if they would have got fearful at the gate and become afraid of the guards and walked back into their cell, I wonder if that angel would have shown up twice. I don't know if he would or would not have, but what I do know is we don't need to expect the ministry to show up two times, three times, four times, five times, a hundred times over the same thing when God gives you victory, gives you the tools, gives you the word, gives you the deliverance, gives you the anointing, take it, run with it, add to your inheritance. I've told you, I think in every service, that my heartbeat this week has been that verse in Romans. I come to you with a desire to impart a spiritual gift. There are people that I called today to ask to pray over this service tonight. Because I believe that God has stepped into this building to take the hand of this church to lead you over a threshold as a church into a place of apostolic demonstration that you have not walked in before. I believe that the Lord is setting you up to establish spiritual authority and dominion in your city like never before. I believe that the Lord has a anointed this church in this city for a time such as this I believe you are the ones that have been called to go after the harvest in your city it let that out Don't be fearful to speak. 
Lord's given somebody the interpretation. Here's the voice of my servant tonight. I will bring those who have wandered afar off back into the fold. I desire to take you to a new level, to reach this city that you have never been able to reach out into before. I will take you to depths that you've never been before. I will impart my spirit into you and the gifts that I have for you that you've never had before. That's safe. We need to heed the word of the Lord here tonight. I want you to stand to your feet with me. Joshua 17, verses 16 and 18 through 18. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us, and the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. This tribe looked at the inheritance that God was promising to them, and fear gripped their heart when they saw the adversary. And they said, Joshua, but there's chariots of iron up there. The adversary is great. The enemy has used intimidation against the people of God for generations to keep them in a stationary position because he knows if you ever realize the power that has been given to you. He has no chance and no victory. Joshua knew this. And so immediately he realigned uh, their vision uh, and got their eyes off the chariots of iron. Uh, and he said, thou art a great people uh, and thou hast great power. The psalmist David said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. You need to understand tonight that the adversary when you begin to draw the boundaries of your inheritance is going to roll up with chariots of iron and say I dare you to redraw the boundaries. 
I dare you to step out in faith and do something for God. I dare you to try to overcome your fear and your insecurity. I dare you to try to exercise your faith. What if God isn't with you? What if the mistakes you have made have restrained God from being with you in the hour when you exercise your faith? But have you forgotten that the devil is a liar and the father of lies? He's never told the truth. You want to know something about those chariots of iron? Ha, 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 ha. Chariots uh, were built for the plains. Uh, and those chariots were up on a mountainous region uh, that was full of trees. Uh, the very thing uh, that the enemy was trying to use uh, to intimidate the children of God uh, was the very thing uh, that made that army weak. Uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, whatever the enemy has used uh, to back you into a corner, uh, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Thou art a great people, and thou hast great power. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.